Welcome back to all my naughty readers out there. I'm Chanel Ivy, and this is Chanel Ivy's Steamy Romance Reads podcast. I hope you're ready for some wanton sexual fun. In this episode, we're going to experience some fictional reading entertainment together. I'm going to read an excerpt from two new author friends of mine. This first naughty read is The Prince Who Loved Me by Abigail Sharp. The second erotic adventure I'll be reading from is an urban fantasy work called Determination by Adrian J. Smith. These snippets are sure to get you all types of aroused, so sit back, relax, close your eyes, and let me take you away into the depths of these passion-filled fictional escapes. Our first excerpt is from the book The Prince Who Loved Me by Abigail Sharp. Now Abigail is a Boston-bred Yankee who nowadays finds herself eating grits and saying y'all in north-central Florida. Technical writer by day, she doesn't don a cape at night, but can instead be found writing passionate and playful contemporary romance. When she's not writing, she can be found wearing a corset and singing bawdy songs with just desserts, an a cappella musical comedy act at places that won't throw them out. Hey, any woman who wears a corset is my kind of woman. A little about the book before we jump right in. Our main character, Brandy Clayton, has never known who she was meant to be until she unexpectedly inherits the family business. She's determined to be the boss of Bell's Medicinal Brewery and her own life. But what will that mean for Sebastian, her royal best friend who's been in love with her for the past, well, forever? A royal with no responsibility, Prince Sebastian's love for Brandy is like his art, safely hidden where it can't be rejected. But now that she's taking a leap and taking charge of her destiny, it's time for Sebastian to do the same with his heart and paint a picture for Brandy of their life together. This is the third book in the Just Add Peaches series that started with Moonshine and Magnolias. According to Abigail, this series was born from a blackout at work while everyone was chatting and waiting around for the power to come back on. She says everyone started talking about book titles and stories to go with them. Abigail knew she wanted to write friends to lovers, and she knew she wanted them to be introduced before their story started. And the story was born. This sounds like a royal good read. Let's dive right in, shall we? Oh, come on! She stopped walking and pulling her hand away from his. Calling something interesting has always been code for stand there and look pretty while the smart people talk. Sebastian's mind had immediately jumped on the idea, but his mouth hadn't caught up yet. I love the idea, Brandy. Brandy's eyes welled with tears. Maybe you should just take me home. The reasons behind her uncertainty, her doubt, hit him with the fury of a storm. He thundered the words, Don't compare me to them. To who? To whoever lame ex-boyfriends ever gave you the notion your ideas don't have value. He curled his fingers through her hair, holding her still, making her listen. You're smart, you're resourceful, and you have a unique way of looking at the world that was shaped by your experiences. I wouldn't give up or change anything about you. This kiss was meant to back up his statement, a confident, equal, give and take. A slow burn started in his blood, and he backed off, unwilling to make it seem about him. Brandy grabbed his lapels and eagerly devoured his mouth, molding her body against him in a delicious statement of surrender. Not to what he demanded, but to what they both wanted. And right now, he wanted to taste more than her lips. 
He dragged his mouth down to her throat and was rewarded by a sharp intake of her breath. He licked and nibbled in turn, giving in to the passion that drove him. Her hands kneaded and stroked his back lower and lower until her fingertips dipped into the waistline of his pants. The contact made him groan, and he couldn't hold back the thrust of his hips. She'd never touched him there before. Let's go back to the plane. The desire in her eyes nearly drove him wild. I want to see how the space converts into a bedroom. Sebastian hardened all over at her words. God, yes, he wanted her, had longed for her for years, but she had to know she was special. But then she stopped and kissed him again, and he was lost. They stumbled over the sand, the ocean roaring behind them as they half ran to the car. Once inside, Sebastian managed to maintain some sense of decorum while their driver transported them back to the small airport but he couldn't stop caressing her. Her roughened fingers and their trim nails, the smoothness of her arm, her knees, her thighs, all there for him to touch, and soon for him to taste. She felt him too. Her hand slid down his chest, stopping at his heart. He tried to keep it from exploding under her warmth. Finally, they boarded the plane, and he ushered her to the back of the fuselage. Loic entered behind them. Can I get you any? No. Brandy let out a laugh as Loic closed the paneled divider, giving them their privacy. Hot anticipation swept through him. This is what he'd dreamed about for years. Brandy in his arms. Brandy in his bed. Just Brandy. He reached for her again, one arm loose around her waist, the other nestled in her hair, and stared at her beautiful face. You're here. With me, he said. I can't believe it took me this long. The heady rush from the beach had subsided in the limo ride, but not his desire and longing. Then he'd be ready to take her on the sand, but now? Now he wanted to savor every second. He undid the first button of her top and leaned down to press one kiss against her breast. Then he straightened and undid the second button and kissed her again. By the time he had finished unbuttoning her shirt and kissing her exposed skin, she had grabbed his shoulders. Her body trembled beneath his touch as she moaned. He was trembling, too. So much for a cool facade. For years he'd waited, watching and wanting. And now, the only thing between him and her breasts was the black lacy material of her bra. Brandy was on fire. Everywhere Sebastian had caressed ignited a dormant flame. And now the heat from his stare threatened to melt every last part of her. She couldn't stand it anymore. She grabbed his hands and covered her breasts with them. Touch me she gasped. He dipped his head, stirring her nipple into a hardened peak and sending darts of pleasure to her center. Never before has she been so aroused her first time with someone. His lips suckled her through the material of her bra and she bit back a grunt, grabbing his head and keeping him in place while her body arched into his. Wait, why was he still covered? He drew back and blew on her breast. The cool air alerted every nerve ending and she moaned low in her throat, but made her hands go for the buttons of his shirt. She'd seen him shirtless before, admired his solid muscles and hardened chest, but never got to explore it and claim it as her own, to unwrap him like he had unwrapped her. She undid the first button, then kissed under his collarbone, adding a little nip that elicited a groan in the back of his throat. After she undid the second, she slipped her hands under the material and outlined the ridges of his muscles, Tickling her fingers with the patch of chest hair, he rolled his hips into her and she went after the third button. That's not happening, 
he growled. He tugged at his shirt and soon his chest was bared for her exploration. Only she didn't get a chance as he began a fresh onslaught on her other breast. All she could do was hold on as waves of pleasure crested through her, pooling into the heat of her core. She was close to an orgasm already and was still half-clothed. Sebastian seemed to notice that too and undid the belt that separated the parts of her jumpsuit. He pulled it from the long loops and the soft shing sound that slid around her waist putting naughty images in her mind. She'd have to file that away for next time. Oh man, the next time. The jumpsuit slid down her legs but her shoes caught in the material. I'll help. Sebastian's accent came out loud and clear, his voice on the verge of ragged. He nudged her backwards so her butt landed on the bed, then knelt between her knees. His warm breath tickled her leg as he removed one shoe, then the other, then slid off her jumpsuit until it pooled on the floor. He didn't stand up. He pressed a kiss to the inside of her thigh, sending a hard jolt of lust through her. Upward he moved, alternating kissing and licking and nipping the sensitive skin until he reached the apex of her legs. His hands slid up her thighs, parting them and giving him easy access. Sebastian, she moaned. Shh. The vibration against her moist, sensitive spot made her squirm, and she ached for his touch. A finger slid under the elastic of her panties and he groaned. A second finger joined the first and together they explored her folds and valleys. Her body acted out of instinct, raising her hips as his fingers thrust inside her, all while he continued kissing her thighs, her belly. When he kissed her through the wet lace of her panties, it sent her careening over the edge of passion, shuddering against the continued movement of his hand. She tried to muffle her cries and Sebastian chuckled, adding to the vibrations already coursing over her body. Let me hear you scream, Mon Ange. Everyone is in the cockpit. There's no one to hear you except me, and I've been waiting for this moment a long time. She let out a half-groan, half-laugh as her muscles relaxed. Now I know, she said, still on his knees. He hooked his thumbs over the sides of her underwear. She lifted her hips to help him remove them, expecting him to crawl into bed and make love with her. He didn't. He covered her mons with his warm hand, his thumb dangerously close to setting off another orgasm. She lifted herself onto her elbows to find him staring at her center as if she were a juicy peach ready for plucking. Sebastian? He raised his head and their eyes met with a zing between them that left her trembling. How had she never noticed all the passion and desire he held inside him? He said nothing, only refocused on her core. Her hips moved on their own, lifting her towards his waiting, eager mouth. He slid his arm under her ass and over her belly, keeping her firmly in place, her legs dangling over his shoulders. Did you think, he panted, that I'd be done with you so soon? Her body throbbed with each word, each hint of his breath on her thighs. How could she want him so badly so soon? One brush of his tongue left her powerless and her head fell back on the bed. He licked and sucked and nibbled, sending her awash with sensations she had never experienced while she buckled under his mouth, trying to find purchase and enjoying the feeling of his strong arms preventing more movement. He consumed her, his tongue extending and retreating, extending and retreating, his teeth nipping her while he drew her into his mouth and sucked hard. I'm. She panted. You're... Mm-hmm, he hummed against her. Oh, God. His thumbs joined his mouth, sending her pleasure spiking, 
She convulsed, but he didn't stop until she obeyed his command and screamed his name, and screamed it again. He dropped a soft kiss on her belly button before scooting up the bed and taking her in his arms. He wrestled with the covers and draped a sheet over them both. Brandy let it happen, unable to muster the energy to do anything but lay across his chest. This is what passion did. Left her limp and boneless, barely able to keep her eyes open, surrounded by Sebastian's warm scent. Left her unable to tend to him like old Brandy would have done. He shifted again and her hand brushed his jeans, fully buttoned. She forced her head up, blinking at him. You're dressed. Yes. He tucked her head back down again and brushed her hair in long, slow strokes. I'm not dressed. The rhythmic movement seemed to give her permission to sleep. No. Why are you? She nestled closer to him, her fingertips resting on the dark red trail of hair that disappeared under his jeans. It can be my turn next time. A low laugh thrummed in his chest. Next time. That sounded nice. It was her last coherent thought before she fell asleep. Talk about the best way to join the Mile High Club, am I right? Whew, I think I need a cold shower after that one. Make sure to pick up your copy of The Prince Who Loved Me by Abigail Sharp today. The links for the book and to find out more about Abigail Sharp are in the podcast description. Our next reading is from Adrian J. Smith, who writes women loving women fiction, although sometimes they love trolls among other creatures of the night. As an author, Adrian J. Smith is a perpetual genre hopper, but particularly likes police procedurals, urban fantasy, and, and anything that is a May-December romance. She writes women who are not always easy to love, but who take on the role of our best friends in life. We root for them despite their flaws. Strong women make her swoon, and she loves to play with power dynamics in relationships. AJ is a bisexual cis woman, married, and mom of two toddlers. She lives in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Her life is full of business, but she loves to dive into new and different worlds and new and diverse characters. This scene is set at the beginning of Determination, Quarter Life 2, which is an urban fantasy book with a one-quarter vampire and one of the most powerful witches still alive. The first book takes place a year before when Faye, the vampire, and Molly, the witch, meet through some very unusual circumstances and a whole tangled web of lies. Faye does not like being a vampire, and her entire goal in her long life is to be as much of a human as possible, which is flat-out impossible for her. Having lived close to 300 years, Molly absolutely understands what Faye needs and wants despite what Faye may think. Both women are master manipulators, which draws them to each other and means they both have some very high walls they need to break down. While Faye's manipulation is outright and she's blunt, Molly prefers to use her magic to get what she wants, as you'll see in this scene. Molly runs a house of creatures and tainted folk with special abilities, and everything at the house has been rather slow as of late, which is making everyone antsy. She has taken Faye down to her catacombs to try and find a necklace that Faye's father had once given Molly more than 200 years before as a way to try and connect Faye back to her long-dead family. While they're down there, let's just say distractions abound. They're in a dark basement with hardly any light and the desire to control one another. You see where this is going? In this series, the first book, Unbound, is currently on sale for $2.99 in anticipation of the release of this book, Determination, on December 1st. This sounds like an amazing read to get us all ready for spooky Halloween season. Let's read, shall we? Molly had Faye up against the wall. 
their bodies pressed together like they had done many other times throughout the last year. Sex was something they excelled at. Everything else was a struggle. Molly scraped her teeth against Faye's lower lip, enjoying the way she gasped in response. She called on her powers to build within her. Everything about a witch's power was manipulation of something that was already there. A desire, a feeling, a fleeting thought, an object. All she had to do, and she's done it before, was call on Faye's desire to be with her. Humming against Faye's neck, Molly pressed kiss after kiss to her delicate skin. Faye was beautiful in her own right. Every vampire would be. It was built into them, but she was drop-dead gorgeous. Her hair she kept long had a slight wave to it. Her slate gray eyes came off initially as cold and uninspiring, but Molly always saw the depths of emotion and wealth of knowledge and smarts in them. She fondled Faye's breast, rolling her nipple between her thumb and forefinger, mostly as a distraction while she tapped into her own powers. Licking a line up Faye's neck, Molly settled in as her powers worked through her, warming her chest and then her limbs. She called out to it, and then she called out to Faye. Faye arched her back in response, her eyes fluttering shut. When Molly risked a glance at her, she saw her relax. Her opportunity was coming. Drawing in a deep breath, Molly plunged Faye's mouth once again. She focused all her energy on Faye, tapping into her subconscious and everything Faye was thinking that she didn't want to think about. Faye's hands came up around her back and tugged her in closer, her knee pressing between Molly's leg. On a sigh, Molly ground down against her, knowing that's exactly what Faye wanted. Pleasure shot through her core and up her spine. She'd gone down to the catacombs originally to find Faye a necklace, one with a green gem in it that Marcellus had given her when they had attempted a relationship centuries ago. She had hoped Faye would find some connection with her father and his family in it, even though they were all long dead by now. Faye had easily distracted her after a short argument, not that Molly minded being distracted. It had been slow around the house lately, and everyone was itching for something major to happen or some big project to come their way, herself included. Sighing into Faye's rhythm, Molly slipped her hand down to undo the buttons on Faye's jeans. She snapped the buttons loose and shoved her hand down between Faye's sensitive skin and her panties. She didn't wait as she plunged two fingers inside Faye's hot and wet body. Faye shut her eyes and leaned her head back, pure pleasure echoing on her face as her lips parted and her chest rose in a sharp breath. Molly smirked and rolled her thumb across Faye's clit. Faye was almost exactly where she wanted her, relaxed and not thinking about anything other than sex. They'd had the conversation before dozens of times, but Molly was always pushing for Faye to accept her vampiric nature and allow herself to play with all it could bring her. Molly focused her energy on Faye. It didn't take long for Faye's teeth to elongate, slowly coming from their human form to their vampiric form. Molly didn't ease up on her pattern knowing Faye's orgasm would be building. She kissed Faye's parted lips gently, careful not to touch the fangs even though she wanted them to pierce her flesh so badly. Her heart pumped hard. Molly swallowed. Faye came on her fingers, her body pulsing sharply and forcefully. Molly pulled her fingers away and licked them before crushing their mouths back together. Faye gasped and jerked back, but Molly kept the pressure knowing her lips would be cut along with her tongue. She didn't care. It was exactly how she wanted it. Faye tried to shove her back, but Molly held on tight. The tang of iron on her taste buds. She knew Faye smelled it tasted it, and was becoming consumed by it. 
Faye's tone changed. It lowered until it was deep and rattled in her chest. Molly pulled away with a grin as she swiped the back of her hand against her mouth, removing some of the blood. The glare she received was one she had gotten before, but it didn't faze her. Breathing heavily, Molly smirked. That was hot. It wasn't, Faye answered, her voice still low and her eyes pure black as night, not just her pupils and irises, everything. Molly's chest rose and fell, and just from the blood still tingling on her lips, she knew she could get off. Everything about that moment was pure and lustful and natural to both their abilities. She grabbed Faye's hand not to pull them back together in an embrace, but to maintain their connection. Faye jerked her hand away. She cracked her neck and then shook her head as she shivered. Fingernails extended, Faye turned to the wall and sliced downward, leaving scratch marks in her wake. Her pent-up energy flowed into stone and away from Molly. Stepping forward, Molly slid her palms along Faye's shoulders, down her arms into her hands. Threading her fingers together carefully, Molly laced them. She pressed her forehead into Faye's shoulder and breathed out a sigh. I'm sorry, Molly whispered. You should be. Faye's voice was normal again, but her nails were still extended. With closed eyes, Molly pressed her lips to Faye's neck. When she pulled back, specks of blood were still there. I wish you would learn to become more comfortable with your vampiric side. It's a blessing, not a curse as you see it. I hate it. I know. Molly's voice came out as resigned, though it was anything but. This was a battle she was willing to fight, and one she knew she could easily take a century to complete. Faye turned around, tugging down her skirt and buttoning up her pants. You get off on it. Molly turned her head to the side before nodding in agreement. Rolling her eyes, Faye licked the blood from her lips and moaned as the taste hit her. I can't. I can't do this. You know that. You need energy, as you call it. You can't live without it. Doesn't mean I have to take it by force. This isn't force. Molly's voice rose, echoing in the small, confined catacomb. She hadn't wanted this conversation to happen here, away from the comfort and the confines of a bedroom, but Faye was not one for thinking about those things. She was impulsive, and Molly knew she had to follow the conversation for as long as she could before Faye just up and stormed away. I want it. Can't you see that? Yeah, I see it, and it makes no sense. Grunting, Faye shoved Molly to the side so she could step away from her. Straining to keep Faye there, Molly put her hand out and closed her fist. All the lit torches went out in an instant. Focusing her hearing, she listened for Faye's breathing. Can't leave when you can't see. Forgetting that I can see in the dark and you can't, Molly? Molly was pushed against the very wall Faye had just been, her body warm in the front and cold in the back as the temperature from the stones seeped through her skirt and blouse. She would have moaned as her head hit the rock, but she knew it would only make Faye pause. Thus far, anger was one of the few ways to get Faye to transform, and Molly learned how to push every one of Faye's buttons. Their mouths were sealed together again, Faye's rough hands against her body enticing and causing pain at the same time. Molly's chest and cheeks heated. This had been what she wanted. If you want rough, all you have to do is ask, Faye whispered in her ear, her voice low again. When her mouth touched Molly's neck, Molly felt the smooth and sharp points of her teeth. Her heart rate doubled. I should have asked, yes. With a hand firmly against Molly's crotch, Faye rubbed hard. She brought Molly up higher and closer to her orgasm as she licked the last remnants of blood from her lips and chin. Then, without warning, just as Molly was about to crest over the edge of her orgasm, 
Faye removed her hand and bit into the soft, supple skin at the adjunct of Molly's neck and chest just above her collarbone. Molly's knees buckled, and Faye held her up with one well-placed arm around her back, lapping her skin as the blood spilled from the bite. Pleasure soared through Molly's body, causing her eyes to roll back in her head and her body to feel as though it was going to self-combust. She'd felt this before with the only other vampire alive to this day, Marcellus. This had been what she'd been after for the last year of knowing Faye, the unbridled pleasure she knew would course through her. She lost track of time and had no idea how long Faye drank from her, but when Faye finally pulled away, they were in a puddle of legs and limbs on the dirty cement floor, and her head was dizzy and spinning. Molly took in a deep breath, letting the air settle in her lungs before she exhaled. When she opened her eyes to make a comment to Faye, she found herself alone. The cold air in the catacombs hit her like a wall. Flicking her hand open with the power on her fingertips, the flame torches lit again. The crates she'd been searching in for hours were still left exactly where they were before, and Faye was gone. As much as she had enjoyed what had transpired, she knew she had pushed Faye too far and too fast. There would no doubt be fallout. Lifting her hand to her neck, she pulled it away, smiling as there was no blood on her fingertips. Faye had done an excellent job. She remained seated on the freezing cold ground until she thought she could stand on her own two feet and then pulled herself upward with the help of one of the crates she'd been rummaging through. Deciding to give Faye some time, Molly went back to the task before her and searching for the long-lost necklace. Now that was a wickedly sexy selection, and I can't wait to read the rest of the book. Make sure you get the first book and pre-order Determination by Adrian J. Smith today. The book info is in the podcast description. This week's topic is a fun one. Not so much sexy, but let's chat about the supernatural. I'm feeling very spooky as of late, and I can't wait for Halloween, even though Halloween this year will be so much different from in years past. Do you believe in ghosts and otherworldly phenomena? I personally don't think there's simply nothing after we die since energy never ceases to exist, but I'm not sure how that manifests. I've seen and experienced too many unexplainable things in my life to rule out the supernatural completely. One of my experiences was from when I was a child. My family had just moved into a new house, and of course, it was the second oldest house in the town, and it was across the street from a town cemetery. Why not, right? My first night sleeping in my new room, I was about nine, and I woke up suddenly with the overwhelming feeling of being watched. I sat up in my bed, which was underneath the window on the second story, and I swear I saw the face of a man. The face was distorted, but it was definitely a man's face. It scared the absolute crap out of me, and as a kid, my first instinct was to pull the covers over my face. When I was confident enough to peek out, the face was gone. I told myself it was just my own reflection, but I couldn't recreate it again. There were so many other unexplained noises and occurrences in that house when we lived there. It turned me into a believer. What were your weirdest supernatural experiences? I'd love to hear from you guys. Shoot me an email at chanelivyauthor at gmail.com. Well, that's all the time I have for on this episode of Chanel Ivy's Steamy Romance Reads podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed the time we spent together. I know that I did. Check back with me soon or better yet, click that follow button so you'll get notifications when my next podcast is released for your listening enjoyment. 
Don't forget that you can become a supporter of Chanel Ivy's Steamy Romance Reads podcast, where you directly can help us keep making and leveling up this sultry podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. I want to give a thank you to all of our current and prospective supporters across the globe. We love you all. I'll read more exciting scenes from some of my books as well as my author friends on our next sultry session. Plus, I'll discuss even more sexy topics. I can't wait, but it's goodbye until next time, my naughty readers. And as always, happy reading, y'all.